Now he said, let me go backstage for a minute. And he said, what I want to say to you backstage as a friend is you keep doing what you're doing. You keep alerting people to the calling on their life and giving them courage to go follow that. He said, now I can't say that officially, and this may cost you, but as your brother, I'm telling you, keep doing it. I can't protect you, but keep doing it. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you. You can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on The Kindling Fire, I have the uh, real honor to have Gary Barklow on the show. Thank you for joining, Gary. You're welcome. I'm glad to be on it with you. So um, just a little bit of your your bio that I was reading off of your, your ministry site is uh, you have been studying and speaking on the subject of calling for over 25 years, and you are the author of the book, It's Your Call?, you are the founder of Noble Heart Ministry, and uh, you really help people recover their heart, walk with God, interpret their life, offer their glory, persevere with joy, equipping people to interpret their life as God instructed them in the way chosen for them. Uh, you are an adjunct professor at uh, Colorado Christian University, and you have a background with Ransom Heart Ministries, Folks on the Family, and Athletes in Action, where you were a part of founding, founding Athletes in Action in Africa. So you have um, quite the experience and uh it's i'm real excited about having this conversation with you today yeah thank you it's it's really interesting to hear you troy kind of talk about my past things i've forgotten and, and put it in a brief few minutes so yeah it's been a fascinating journey all these years yeah <laughs> so we have a mutual friend um so michael thompson who's come on the show uh, he and I have been, uh, he runs Zoe Ministries and the Heart of a Warrior Conference, uh, which you were a speaker of this last year. Uh, how long have you known Michael? You know, Michael and I met the last year that I was in Athletes in Action. We, we overlapped just one year. And uh, oh, I don't know how many years ago. That would that be a while ago. Gosh, yes, um, 17 years ago, somewhere in there. And, and then we really intersected each other more when I was with um, Ransom Heart at a Wilder Heart retreat. In mm. fact, a few of those. That's when we, we, uh, we really started some in-depth conversations about the journey of our life and, and got to know each other well. Mm. So I can say that I have been, uh, to use the Christian term, discipled, or been a student of yours, uh, unbeknownst to you, <laughs> for at least two years of my life in my 40s, if not longer. Um, your book, It's Your Call, 
is by far the best book I have ever read on discovering who God has made you, the depth in which it goes, the approach in which it takes. It's not a spiritual gift test. It's not a personality test. I mean, it really has, I mean, you truly, anyway, before I wax eloquent about it, we'll get into it. But, but I, I just, I've been, and then I went to your calling retreat, uh, which was incredible. It just, so solidified that whole experience, the art, uh, the art process, and the small group settings, and the feedback, and the audio. I mean, I have been. I'm a richer man for it, and I can say part of the reason for this podcast existing is some of the deposits that you made in my life through those. So, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. That's that's really good to hear. That's very encouraging. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, in your in your book, it's your call. You have a great story about when you were um, uh, responsible for human resources as, at, at one of the ministries you were involved in, uh, while you were sort of on the early stages of discovery of, of about calling. Uh, would you mind sharing uh, that story? Yeah. In fact. In fact, I will, but let, I want to back up, because I know the story you're referring to. I want to back up and share two previous stories that lead up to that moment. Sure. So, so God leads me to this ministry uh, from another ministry that I was in. And shortly after being there, my thought was, I don't think I belong here. This, what they've asked me to do is not in the core of my passion right now. And, and yes, I can do it, but I thought, gosh, I, I think I might have made a mistake in saying yes to this, or, or God made a mistake in leading me to this. And so I remember while I was there doing this particular task that they had given me, given me um, during that time they, were, uh, they had created in-house um, leadership seminars that they were doing. And so I went to one of them, and I remember at the end of that seminar, the, the instructor said, now, now listen, we're planning on having many more of these, and if you have any sense that you would like to teach some of these in-house courses, let me know. Uh, come to me, and we'll talk about that. And, and I remember thinking, all right, this is why God brought me here. He didn't bring me here specifically to do what I've been assigned to initially, but he's brought me in through this door because he wants me to teach on leadership. I can do that. I can, I can lead people. I can help people, <laughs> you know, lead others. And I just remember thinking with a sense of excitement, this is why God brought me here. It's not this other thing that I don't feel much excitement about. So I remember that evening, so I'm home, I'm getting ready for bed, brushing my teeth. It's so distinct in my mind, so clear. And I remember as I was brushing my teeth, I'm thinking, you know what, tomorrow morning I'm going to walk in that woman's office and I'm going to tell her, I know why God brought me here. I am the person you're looking for. I'm supposed to be helping you teach leadership. And as I'm walking to my bed, I'm praying. No, actually, Troy, it's probably more honest to say, I, more accurate to say, I was thinking out loud. I don't know if I was actually praying at this moment. But I just remember going, God, I'm going to do this. That's what I'm going to do. And I heard God's voice very distinctly. And, and I can tell you without a doubt it was God's voice because it was a scripture that came to my mind. And I am not good at scripture memory, never have been. 
But this scripture came to my mind, and it was basically this. And I heard God say, Gary, if you exalt yourself, I will humble you. But if you will humble yourself, I will exalt you in due time. So it was that scripture. Mm. And I had already had this sense of humiliation, if you will, being in an area in this ministry that I had no expertise in, no experience in, and, and very little passion about it. And so I thought, you know, I don't want God to humble me anymore. So I made a decision at that moment that I would not go in and talk to that lady. I would not follow through with my plans. And, and, and I never mentioned this to anyone during that time. I just continued to do what God had given me to do. Mm-hmm. And, and even forgot that God's promise was, in due time I will exalt you. Now, when Scripture talks about that, it doesn't mean exalting, meaning bringing you into a high place and, you know, visibility. And it, it doesn't mean that. It just simply means I will lift you into the next assignment, into the next place for you. Yeah, that's good. And, and so what's really unique about the story is that about six years after that moment, I ended up becoming the director of staff development there. And that was this woman's position. And, and I didn't realize it till the day that I was standing in her office. They had moved all of my things into her office. She had left. And as I was standing there wonder, wondering what I should do first, God brought me back to this. And he said, see, I told you that I would bring you into your next place if you would humble yourself. And, and so, so what's amazing is not only did I end up you know, teaching on leadership and other things, but I actually had her position of being in charge of this. So mm-hmm. I, I want to share that story first to say, you know, I was in a place where I thought, God, you made a mistake or I did. And God was saying to me, you didn't make a mistake. I definitely didn't make a mistake. What you are, what you are going to do is all about what you are doing now. You just have to humble yourself and, and let me take you there in due time. Mm-hmm. Before you go further, the it's so interesting our debate with God about timing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, do we take him to task about timing? Um, and the Lord has it all under control, and it just seems that we get wrapped around the axle about timing. Like, you know, it's, it's right. too soon, it's too late, it's, I can't, you know, I can't wait, uh, you know, why won't you do this now? And just, uh, it's just crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, and I remember when I became a Christian, my freshman year in college, um, one of the Christian guys who kind of came around my life to help me, he, he said to me, and, and a lot of people, this sounds like such a trite statement, but I, I think I'm realizing as I'm getting older in the Lord, have walked through more things, how profoundly important this is. And, and the statement was, there is a God, and you aren't him. <laughs> and And... You know, a lot of us would go, wow, that, that's really funny. Of course. You know what? I continually struggle with, I'm not him. <laughs> mm. You know, going back to what you just said, right? That God is up to something. Mm. He, he said his plans are good for me, and I have to let go and let him be God. Because first of all, if I try to be God, I really do it poorly <laughs> because I'm not him. But that whole thing, right, just, just as he said, you know, Cast your cares and your concerns on me, and, and let me be in charge of the timing of this, because there was so much that I learned 
six years of you know of doing something that I didn't feel passionate about. It didn't feel like it was in my wheelhouse. That that I absolutely needed for this next position, which was director of staff development. Mm. And and the scripture that comes to mind as you share is, and I think it's in Jeremiah, and I don't know the exact reference, but it says, it is not for man to direct his steps. Yeah, that's good. And, And it's just like, again, our debate around timing and our debate around it is, you know, my prerogative to direct what I'm doing, where I'm going, and when I'm doing it. And God's like, you know, I thought you surrendered your life to me. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and the other part is, at least for me, I know yeah. that I have an idea of what I should be doing, and I think I'm ready for it right now. Yeah. And I think God says, no, Gary, you are not ready for this. You will be, and you will get there, but you're not ready at this moment. So, yeah. right, letting go of that, exactly. Mm-hmm. Amen. Awesome. So, so let me give you a second story as we lead to the story you want me to share, which I will. So I'm in this position as the development of uh, the director of staff development. And there was this day I, I, I just felt lost. I I kept thinking, you know, I'm not sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not even sure I'm in the right place. So, you know, I'm kind of feeling this again. And I remember it was around noontime, and I thought, I'm going to go get something to eat. So I walked down the hallway. We had a a dining hall kind of cafeteria there. I walked down to get something to eat. I'm walking back to my office with my tray in hand with my food. And as I'm doing this, this voice yelled from down the hall, Hey, Gary, hey, hold up a minute. I want to tell you something. So I stopped. I looked down, and I saw this guy, and he came up to me. And he said, Gary, I, I did a couple of these exercises that you would, you would give me to do. And, oh, my goodness, I have some clarity in my life now. I think I know what it is that God has made me to do and what I'm passionate about. And he starts sharing this with me. And, and this was probably over, you know, five, six, seven minutes as we're standing there. Yeah. And when he left me to go back to his cubicle, I felt so alive. I mean, all of a sudden, I knew who I was. I knew what I was about. I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I sensed the presence of God in my life. Mm. And, and I thought, wow, okay, so God had stirred something in my heart. He had brought me back to who I was and what I was created to do, and he reminded me. And as he did that, my, my heart came back alive again. I was fully uh, awake, alive, and oriented in that moment. And he mm-hmm. brought that guy into my life to say those things to me, to stir my heart once again. So it, it refocused me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, this story that you wanted me to share. So while I was in staff development, I was asked to create what we called philosophy orientation. So it it was a time to share stories about the ministry, where we came from, what we were about, how God had been choreography, uh, architecting and choreographing, where this ministry was to go and what it was to be, to bring people into the heart of that. And so a large part of what I was sharing in that, and I was bringing other people, other staff, leadership to share stories, uh, it was very much about calling. 
And so that's what I was speaking on, was the calling of this ministry, the calling of the founder, and the fact that we should be here for, out of a sense of calling and what that calling was, that, that it is the effect of your life. It's not the position you're in. It's the effect, the compelling of your life that you bring. Yep. So that was a large part of this. Well, we had done this over a year and a half. And so one morning when I walked in to work, um, my boss, who was a very good friend of mine, and we had a deep friendship level, um, he called me into his, his office early in the morning, and he shut the door. Now, one thing he had explained to me, he said when, when I came to work with him, he said there are two types of conversations that I have with people at work. One is backstage, which is friend-to-friend, heart-to-heart. We talk candidly. The other is front stage, and front stage is when I have to represent my leadership and this ministry to you, and I have to say what I have to say to you from that standpoint. Well, we had never had a front stage conversation. Everything was always backstage. But this was the first time when he called me and he said, I need to have a front stage conversation with you. And he said, here's the deal. He said, my boss called me in to his office last night and let me know that he was concerned about what you were doing. And the concern was this, that your job, Gary, is to retain good people and to help those who are not doing their job well to leave the ministry, find another place to work. And he said, the problem is, is that I've had some very key people in our ministry in their exit interview, so obviously they left the ministry, in their exit interview, talk about how one of the reasons they were leaving was that after hearing <laughs> Gary talk about calling in, in the philosophy orientation meeting, they had a sense that God was calling them somewhere else. In fact, God had been calling them, but it was their time to go. And he said, you need to tell Gary he needs to stop doing this. We're losing good people. <laughs> and uh, I love this and, story. Yeah, so he said, that's front stage. Now he said, let me go backstage for a minute. And he said, what I want to say to you backstage as a friend is you keep doing what you're doing. You keep alerting people to the calling on their life and giving them courage to go follow that. He said, now I can't say that officially, and this may cost you, but as your brother, I'm telling you, keep doing it. I can't protect you, but keep doing it. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know what? If if I leave, if I'm fired on account of people following their calling, that's a badge of honor to me. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I'm willing to pay that price because that's what I'm made to do. Now, I need to tell you in the story, I never was fired. Uh, though I knew my time, my, my time there may be on a clock at this point, and it's ticking. I never was fired. But that was a point of conviction where, that I had to come to to say, you know what, this is what my life is about. And, and if I end up getting fired because that's what I'm doing here, not, not in a sense of rebellion at all to my leadership and to my place, but simply because this is what God has made me to do. And people are finding their next assignment in the kingdom of God. I am willing to pay a price for that. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that is a... Uh... He was a good friend. Yes, he was. <laughs> I mean, that yes, he was. Is, uh, is somebody to, to, to kind of do that and then say, and then to champion who you were, 
because he knew who you were. May we all have friends that way. We right. all need friends that way. There's a great quote by C.S. Lewis that talks about, well, I'm going to botch it. You might even know it, about how friends kind of, they, pers- they, uh, they call that light out. They call it out of their friends. Nah, I don't remember it. <laughs> right, right. It's something like, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it. I'll do the message version as well. But, but something like, in each of my friends, there is something that only another friend can fully bring out. Yes, that's what it is. By, by myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. And, and right, we, ha- we need friends to see what we don't see very well and call us out like that. Um, we absolutely need it. He called me out. You know, and he, even with the warning that this may cost you, Gary, but I'm standing alongside of you, that, that was a decisive moment in my life with my calling and my direction. Yeah, and I'll just say, even though, it, uh, just to be more obvious about it, you will not fulfill the calling on your life alone. It right. will be done in community because that is how God wants to bring it about. So if you're listening and you are alone, you are not closer to your calling. You need to move into community uh, with other brothers and sisters that will champion you and you champion them. You know, Troy, that is so incredibly important. I just want to I just want to reinforce what you said, because as I have been walking with people for years, um, what I have found out as I've tracked them is the reason for them not ever fully moving in to the next assignment in their life, fully moving into their calling, to the effect of their life, is because they are alone. Mm. We just can't move without another person. One, because we'll never fully understand what is my calling, what is the effect of my life, what is the glory of, the, of my life that God has given me that's part of his. Mm. We'll never fully understand it by ourselves for several reasons. One, because it is so, it is who we are, so it's so familiar we can't see it until someone else says, do you see that? I, I can't do what you do. I, I don't see what you see. I can't speak the way you speak or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You know, number two is there. They're not in the warfare that we're experiencing that's very specific to our calling. We get lost in that warfare. They're not. So they can speak through it, mm-hmm. and they can fight through it in ways that we can't. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is that in the midst of trying to figure out our calling and offering who we are in specific situations, we need the advice and counsel of others. We are... We just absolutely need it. And so without those those things, we're pretty much going to be stuck. So mm. that is so incredibly important. Yeah, man, that is so true. I'm going to pause the conversation right there and pick it up next episode. See you then. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want any more information about The Kindling Fire, just go to thekindlingfire.com. Uh, there I've written an ebook called You Can Certainly Do It that I'd love to send to you. Uh, or if you want to up your game, I have the 30-Day Fire Starter Challenge. You can hear all about that at the website. Thanks for listening and be awesome.